Welcome to God's Playbook with your host, Father Rico Passero. It's a 20, 10, 5, touchdown! Touchdown! Let's play ball. What is apostolic tradition? Friends, what a great question for us to address here on this day that the Lord has given to us in January. Apostolic tradition is a very important topic that we understand where we get our church from and how we can pass on the teachings of Jesus down through the centuries. So when we look at the catechism, let's hear what the catechism reminds us in regards to this apostolic tradition. Christ the Lord, in whom the entire revelation of the Most High God is summed up, commanded the apostles to preach the gospel, which has been promised beforehand by the prophets and which he fulfilled in his own person and promulgated with his own lips. In preaching the gospel, the apostles were to communicate the gifts of God to all people. This gospel was to be the source of all saving truth and moral discipline. So apostolic tradition, this means that the tradition passed down from the apostles down through the centuries. So, first and foremost, who are the apostles? Friends, these are the 12 immediate followers of Jesus that Jesus called by name, starting with Simon Peter, the two Jameses, John, Bartholomew, Philip, Andrew, Simon, Judas, Jude. These are the followers of Jesus that we call the apostles, the first 12. And it is on the basis of these 12 that the Roman Catholic Church and the Christian Church was originally founded upon. And sadly, down through the years, there have been church breakoffs as a result of particular disagreements in regards to church teaching, etc. But as we think of apostolic tradition, this is passed from Jesus himself. Again, not some king, not with someone with a hidden agenda but Jesus himself, the second person of the Blessed Trinity. And so in choosing these apostles, these were the people that he entrusted in sacred scripture to go and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and to evangelize the world that God has redeemed humanity in the person of Jesus Christ. So when we think about the tradition, and tradition again, we're talking about a capital T. Small t tradition would be, my family and I gather for Christmas Eve and we generally eat fish or non-meat. That's a tradition in our family, which is small t. Capital T suggests that this is definitive part of history, that this is continually taking place and doesn't waver. It's not like what usually the Passero family gathers for Christmas, but perhaps one year because of X, Y, and Z, whether it be COVID or other sicknesses in the family or vacation that they didn't gather on Christmas Eve and eat non-meat dishes, etc. So when we think of the apostles and their preaching, they were the ones who taught the teachings of Jesus in two ways. Number one, they shared the tradition and preaching orally. So the catechism says, by the apostles who handed on by the spoken word of their preaching, 
by the example they gave, by the institutions they established, what they themselves had received, whether from the lips of Christ, from his way of life and his works, or whether they had learned it at the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And that's key, friends. We have to realize that this isn't just us relying on St. Peter's memory of what Jesus said to him years prior, that we believe that the Holy Spirit continues to speak to us, that the Holy Spirit is alive. And so when you're at Mass and you listen to a homily, it is, please God, the Holy Spirit speaking through the priest. When we hear the Word of God proclaimed at Mass, it is the Holy Spirit who allows those words to come to life in us. So the apostles relied on the experiences with Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit to share the teachings orally. The second way that the apostles taught is in writing. And so again, the catechism tells us, by those apostles and other men associated with the apostles, who under the inspiration of the same Holy Spirit, have committed the message of salvation to writing. Please God, we all know, friends, that the Bible was not printed till hundreds of years after Jesus with the establishment of the printing press. So again, writing, though on tablets and on other writing instruments, had been done over the years. The full presentation of the Bible was many years later. And so literally the letters of St. Paul were just that, letters from St. Paul. The letter of St. Peter or John was just that, the Acts of the Apostles. These were all on parchment paper that were shared by those who could read and write. But what about for those who couldn't, who were not educated? So again, the oral tradition and the written tradition are both vital in helping us to understand that. And so we, we have to understand, just like in history, friends, we need to rely on those who experienced things at that time. I was not alive during World War II, so I don't actually know what happened. But if you speak to somebody who lived through the Second World War, they can give an account on their own experience. But we also, through history, are blessed with writings about World War II that have been verified, so that way we know what we learn in school, though perhaps even our teacher was not alive during World War II. We know that it is true and provable, that it's not just some fantasy or made-up story, a fairy tale like Cinderella, you know, that never took place. We have to be able to rely on the fact that those who came before us are passing down true and accurate information about God and how he transformed the world. So again, the catechism tells us, in order that the full and living gospel might always be preserved in the church, the apostles then left bishops as their successors. They gave their own position of teaching authority. Indeed, the apostolic preaching, which is expressed in a special way in these inspired books, was to be preserved in a continuous line of succession until the end of time. So what's so beautiful about our church friends is we can trace from St. Peter all the way down to Pope Francis 
and see that succession of apostolic preaching and tradition that has taken place. There never was there a time, even when there was a time in history where politics got involved and there were anti-popes and corruption, etc. While humanity, full of sinfulness and hidden agendas, tried to mess things up, the power of God, the movement of the Holy Spirit, has, will, and always will be able to overcome that. And so we can hold true that the teachings that we believe in Jesus Christ, especially the dogmas and foundations of our faith, are true, given to us by God, revealed to us in sacred scripture and in apostolic tradition. We believe that the church in her doctrine, life and worship, perpetuates and transmits to every generation all that she herself is and all that she believes. And so that's why it's so important, friends, that we are part of a parish family, because that helps us to identify things in its proper way. That doesn't mean that the priest knows everything. That doesn't mean that the Catholics in that faith community know everything. But what it does allow us is to not have our own misperceptions about God, that we study the scripture on our own and think we know everything, or that we can take our own moral principles, our own opinions, and apply them to our daily life. Just like we don't just go to school by ourselves, we send our kids to school that have set lesson plans, expectations of learning, a foundational basis by which each student in Canada, as an example, or the United States or the UK or in Europe, are learning similar things so that as they go out into the world, they can actually make decisions, know right from wrong, understand things like counting and being able to have life skills so that they can live their life to the full. So we are as church. It's important that we come to know that our belief system is on a strong foundation, and that foundation is Jesus Christ given to us through the church and how the Holy Spirit continues to speak to us in so many ways. I wish to end with one last section from the Catechism, which speaks about the Father's self-communication by the Word and the Holy Spirit as it is active in the church. And so we hear, God, who spoke in the past, continues to converse with the spouse of his beloved son, the church. And with the Holy Spirit, through whom the living voice of the gospel rings out in the church, and through her in the world, leads believers to the full truth and makes the word of Christ dwell in them in all its richness. So friends, I hope that this helps us to understand what apostolic tradition is, that we can be firmly rooted in faith, knowing that what we believe today is truly the teachings and expectation of our God, and that as we pass these traditions, belief systems, and faith morals on to the next generation that is to come, that we do so trusting in the knowledge of God and truly believing that the Holy Spirit is at work. Lord, we thank you for the gift of tradition, especially through the hands of the apostles and their successors.
We thank you for the Holy Spirit moving within us, O God. Help us to continue to understand your presence in our life so that the beliefs we hold on to will enhance our relationship with you and help us to live in harmony with one another. For God's Playbook, I'm Father Rico. God loves you and so do I. If you like what you hear, please consider supporting us on our Ko-Fi, K-O-F-I, or GoFundMe at God's Playbook Podcast. Thanks and God bless.